You are listening to the Red Roots Podcast. Good morning, good morning. morning. <laughs> I know morning. I'm laughing already. Morning. I anticipated too much, my good morning. You guys doing all right? Yep. Yeah. Good. Had a good week, you? Yes. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> you. You had an eventful week. <laughs> a long week. But it was eventful, right? Yeah. Like you, well, well yeah, you, so this weekend, this past weekend, right, you, uh, you had how many soccer games? I'm saying soccer for yeah, American just, audience. Uh, two, uh, just two over the weekend. Yeah, and you, and you won both of them. We did, surprisingly. Simon, see, he's being coy. He scored the game, the the game winning goal, the game winning goals, in uh in our church league. He's trying not to smile right now. <laughs> no. Oh, there it is, there it is. <laughs> because, <laughs> no, it's not. It's so funny. Simon dude. the man. It's so funny because he had uh, football training or soccer. Tra- you know, I'm trying to be consistent with it, but I can't. They go anyways. Soccer, football, training. Um, and so when he came, like he was tired, and. So he didn't play the first half. And then, you know, in soccer, if you're not familiar, you can make, you can only sub like once. You can't go in and out like you can in other sports. So once you're in, you got to be in. You can't go sit down. Anyway, so he came in the second half. And when you came in, like, you were like, (laughs) like. (laughs) I just, yeah, I was not, I was, I was very tired. Until, until there's like, there's a sequence of events that happen in the game. And then, anyways. Ball in the corner, Rudy gets it. Simon's standing right like in front of the goal, wide open. And the, the team's playing defense like a bunch of kids, so they're just chasing the ball. Wherever the ball goes, like if you roll the ball out with five-year-olds, mm-hmm. they all just chase it. You know what I mean? Like, That's what Jolie does. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They all just chase it. That's what I would do, too. And so, like, ah, and they're just racing to get to the ball. And that's how this team was playing defense, which is, if you're not familiar with sports, that is not how you play defense. <laughs> because for the simple fact of you can just – <laughs> throw the ball over and somebody's and so he's open and Rudy gets it to him and he scores a goal. From that minute, like he transforms into like, <laughs> like he's like running all over the, the place. Adrenaline kicks he, in at that point. He's moment. energized. And then like literally twenty seconds later, the same <laughs> not exact same thing, but pretty close to the yeah, same the exact same, same thing happened. The ball goes in the corner. Everybody runs over, chases Rudy like five year olds. And he kicks the he kicks the ball to Simon again. And he scores another goal. I've never seen Simon this pumped in the year and a half ish <laughs> that I've known him and spent hours and hours around him. Like it's not I like I understand a year and a half in regular life or in U.S. life isn't a long time, but like here it's a it's a long time. I mean like it's like the equivalent of I've known you for five years at this <laughs> point. Like you know what I mean for the amount of time that we spent together and stuff like that. And so I've never seen him this excited. It's it's hilarious. Not because he didn't do anything funny. It's just it, like to see him, like you know, like the switch flip. <laughs> like he when was you, so pumped. When he, he, Roman came home and he told me about it, and he said he had never seen Simon so excited <laughs> before. I just imagine like what Animated. you did just now, like just a smile. You know, I'm like, oh, no, Simon's like, pumped. He just <laughs> smiled. <laughs> but <laughs> wink, like half a wink, like a lazy he wink. He was ecstatic. He winked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I guess it was a, the real deal. I have to go watch a game. <laughs> no, nah, he was. I got. I have. Vid, I have some video. So I video blogged it, and I'm not sure. 
if I'm if I'm, I mean it's our channel, so we can do whatever we want, I guess. Huh? That's the great part about it. Mm-hmm. Um, equally, no one watches our videos anymore. So, that's <laughs> a, <laughs> but I'm thinking about you know making a video blog, and but I gotta figure it out. <laughs> Uh, you put so much work into them. I watch them all yeah, the time. Well, <laughs> Your mom watches them. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, people watch them. It's just not, you know. Um, but yeah, so anyways, so I don't know. I'm thinking about doing it whatever. I was, um, I was recording, but you can see, I don't, I've never played soccer in my life. But equally, like, you know, like I play sports and like you... It, more or less similar, so you can see a play developing. So what happens is I'm recording to the right, and then you don't want to watch it through the viewfinder on your phone or whatever, you know. And so my attention goes up when I see Simon standing in front of the goal, and so I look left. And, you know, you get tense because you want him, to, want him to win, you know. And, like, I'm, like, in my mind, like, I'm, like, oh, but he's right there. He's cut. Like, I, and you can see what he's cutting to, like, you know what's going to happen. And so I'm like, oh, see, I'm, so and so I'm watching, I'm looking left and I'm filming right. And so in the video, like, <laughs> you can barely see his, his go because he's like off to the left of the frame. And like, I wasn't, I just wasn't looking. Like I was, you know. You missed so his funny. moment, man. So that league actually is a church league. Our church is, um, and there's like a church ministry league, I guess you can say, because Samaritan's Purse has a team as well. Yeah. Um, there's, yeah, different churches from the area have gotten together and organized the league. Um here and so our church is in that, which is cool because years ago our church um, played football. I don't know that we won any games. Um, I wasn't I wasn't here yet, but I've seen the pictures and such. But I don't know, so it's it's cool to kind of be at a place where we can get back into you know the rhythm of um, not the rhythm, but just back in a place where we can participate in different events and yeah, such. Yeah. Um, so that's been cool. Um, equally, I hate. Like that inter-church culture, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, because it, it turns, oh, they're cheating, and this is gets uh, Garden of Gethsemane, yeah, Gethsemane's cheating, and this is like, and it just turns into like, I was just like, who cares? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, so that like, I'm kind of split, and that's why like they didn't want to ask because when we were talking about putting the team in the league yeah, or whatever, yeah. like they didn't want to ask me because like, first of all, it's not just my decision alone, but so I don't know why that was, but equally, like I think like. Kind of sense what my answer, you know, what my opinion was going to be to an extent. I like the idea of it, but I just don't like how church culture can become so isolated and preoccupied with itself mm. and not in a healthy way. Because there's a you know, healthy way, love one another, right? And like all this, that's healthy way. Then the unhealthy way is just the, like gossipy, keeping up with who's who, yeah. like complaining about the other. It's just, uh, anyways. So we'll see how it goes. Mm. So far, it's been good. Yeah. So far, the event. Yeah. It's been good. There's, there hasn't been any animosity or 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 cheating or any of this. No fighting. Well, no there's, fighting. There's yeah. cheating going on, but but nothing major. That yeah. It, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, the, I guess the rule is. Well, I know the rule is. You, people have to go to your church. Yeah. Oh, there'll definitely be teams that. Yeah. Have got players that don't go to the church. And the elders sign off on it because it's just about. It, it's supposed. The idea is great. It's about churches competing with other churches, like in a, mm. in a sport. So it's not like competing with other churches and how many members you are, you know, that type yeah, of stuff. Yeah. It's just fun. It's supposed to be like promoting like camaraderie and things between the churches and, and kind of creating a safe environment for people from church to be able to play because sometimes in other places it's just not a place that's conducive for Christian growth. We can say that. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. But then, you know, like people want to win. Me and Miguel were talking about this the other day. 
It's he didn't. He wasn't complaining about it because it's like, again, it's not that big of a deal. But he's talking about how oh, someone from our church suggested that we go find some players, and I was like, no. Like, first of all, this is church league soccer. Like, hmm. guys, who like not who cares? We want to win, right? But like, it's not that recruiting people and all yeah. that type of stuff is silly. And then she's like, uh, Rudy's like, well, such and such doesn't go to the church. Oh, well, he's come before and like stuff like that. And I was like, let me stop you right there because that's, that's not okay. like forget football. Like that is the worst habit that we can get into. Of just, like, what are we willing to risk to win us a game that means nothing? Like, it's just, you know, and that's the frustrating point for me, I think, is churches are literally putting your integrity on the line so that you can win a soccer game. You don't even I mean, it would equally equally be bad if you won money. But you don't even win that. At least you have, you know what I mean? At least you can be like, man, yeah, we just really needed a new thing. You know what I mean? Or whatever, a new stage or new chairs or something. At least you could have that. Still wrong, but that argument. Now it's like I, you're putting your integrity on the line for what? Just to win? So, like, it's just silly. and just I don't know. So that part of the culture, church culture, um, not Bolivian culture, but church culture, just kind of annoys me. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so... Today, what we want to talk about, um, besides that, is um, us. It's it's a serious topic, I, I guess. I mean, all the topics are serious for the most part, I guess, except for when we do Q and A. <laughs> Those are not. Um, but yeah, it's. Ooh, if I don't knock my cappuccino. I work so hard on, on my wife. Yeah, I almost knocked it on you. Um, but yeah, what we want to talk about today is. Um, mental health while on the field and like how to take care of your mental health and like what are those challenges and stuff like that. I think this is a really important topic that is not talked about enough in the missionary uh, uh, sphere. What, is, that, is that a thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's not talked about enough. Um, it's not talked about enough in the, in the Christian sphere. Like that's very true. In the church. We, we throw like, I'll just say this real quick, I guess. It's like we tend to throw that into, like, lack of faith category. But equally, if someone breaks their arm, we don't throw that into lack of faith category. We send them to the doctor. Yeah. But if someone has emotional, um, you know, some type of emotional struggles or, or challenges or, or schizophrenia or, you know, the, I mean, these are, like, legit things. They, most of them are, all of them are overcomable through Christ. We get that. But, mo- like, there's... Most of these things can help with counseling and specifically Christian counseling for us and mm. really keeping us image of God, you know, mission, so on and so forth. Um, but we don't address them. And so anyways, I, you guys, what are your like, I guess I don't even know how I want to ask the question. Or I guess, first of all, have you struggled in any way um, with mental health? In, 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 on, we're not talking about it doesn't have to be as deep as like I had a diagnosis and I was submitted into it, you know, obviously, or admitted. You don't submit people. You admit. admit yeah, admit people. You're admitted into a, you know, psychiatric ward. Not, it I mean, it doesn't have to be that. Like, when was this, Simon? We didn't even know about it. <laughs> like, but, like, just, you know, sometime that you're struggling with something, has, has there been a specific time when it's, like, like a major? I guess you would, you would then have to define, like, what, what, would you, what, what would you say is struggling with the mental health issue because you know I could just be sad or I could yeah. just be you know frustrated or need a day off away from people yeah. so um and that's a good point too though because while we don't talk about mental health a lot in Christian circles the the those of us 
I'll say us, that are starting to, we, I want to be very careful what I'm saying, because um, I don't want it to come across wrong. It's not that I care about it, but like, you know, I want to communicate well what my thoughts. Um, we create this identity based on mental illness, yeah. and so we camp there, and that's not okay. Um, yeah, identifying it uh, or recognizing it, accepting it, seeking healing, counseling, whatever, uh, those are all different things, but just to make this bubble of mental health, yeah, and all, because it never ends, like, and that's something I've noticed through observation, is it's like, and I'm not saying the issue should end, that's not what I'm saying, but it, mm. it just never gets better, it never progresses in 30, and it just, because it becomes like, and maybe it's because we feel like, well, it doesn't feel like it's going to get better, so, mm. but it almost becomes like this weird, and not to everybody, obviously, but this weird badge of identity, like, yeah, mental health, mental health, and yeah. it, it becomes all-consuming, like, that's all we talk about, you know, and it's like, okay, well, this is probably you know, uh, a little too far. Not Again, not to say we don't talk about it, but let's work on confronting this and growing out of this instead of just identifying ourselves by this. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, and yeah. so I think there's, um, that's, a, that's a good point is ide- identifying what it is. I think to an ex- extent it's subjective, subjective mm. though, sub- subjective. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and we talked about this when we were writing the devotional and stuff is like, I think if I say, if I, you know, if I lose my best friend in a car wreck, um, that's, that is going to affect me in some way, shape, or form, um, or negatively, right? If Simon, which he did lose his dog, <laughs> she didn't die, she's gone, and, but he's not upset. Uh, <laughs> but if, if you had like a loving dog and a dog was ran over by a car, mm. the tendency for me is to, and this, maybe this is why we don't talk about it a lot, is say what's wrong, Simon? He said, "Well, my dog was ran over by a car." You're sad because of that, right? I lost my, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I lost my best friend in a car crash. We're talking about people, and you're upset about animals, and like, so we, it, it's self-centered. You know what I mean? It becomes centered on us and who we are. So it's like, okay, that doesn't mean that he's not struggling with uh, loss or mourning. Just because I wouldn't struggle with loss or mourning. You know what I mean? If I lost my dog like that, mm-hmm. I wouldn't. I, it would. It stinks, but like, okay, well, <laughs> what's on Netflix? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's not, it's not going to stop my world, but that doesn't make me stronger or better or doesn't mean that he shouldn't struggle with that because I didn't struggle with that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I, I think we have to be very cautious there. But so I think it's subjective. I think, um, and again, there's a line that I don't know where it is of like recognizing and respecting that you're um, that you're really hurt by your, the loss of your dog or your, you know, whatever it, it, it goes as far as you want. So there was a lady at my church, like her plants, she had plants all in her house. And when the, like one would die, like she would be broken. Aww. <laughs> See, like, so <laughs> I feel like that was terrible. Uh, that you're laughing? Yes. <laughs> okay. I'm laughing. Um, so I, I, I do feel like we, we need to draw a line somewhere of like, okay, but it, you know, so I, that's my point is I don't know where that line is of like where it's like, okay, you know, let's take a break and let's really focus on, you know what I mean? Let's be grateful for what we, I don't know how you would even say it, but equally without, there's a, in that same space, there's a disrespectfulness of like plants, you know what I mean? Or whatever, yeah. like you need to get over it. Cause 
Yeah, honestly, she doesn't need to get over losing because that's not a big deal. That period, like honestly. However, I don't think that's the way. Like maybe helping her get through it. You know, mm-hmm. James 1, 2 through 4, Romans 5, 3 through 5. Whenever trouble comes your way, count it all joy. You get a chance to grow and your endurance grows. So maybe instead of telling her she shouldn't feel like that, because she does feel like that, we should help her through it and help her endurance grow yeah. so that she can kind of, uh, and I don't want to be like superior. That's not what, but it grow past being upset about plants. Mm-hmm. And then at least let's get to, uh, you know, I feel like the, the line maybe is pets. You know, I think like from pets, you can be sad. It just is what it is. If your goldfish dies, like maybe, you, you know, I don't know. I don't know, man. It just gets really sticky and really weird. I don't know where that line is, though, of telling people yeah. like, hey, that's not, you know. We're yeah. And I think that's, I think that's why so many people just avoid it because it is so tricky to work out. Yeah. Um, because a lot of times for mental health or uh, if someone's that struggling, it will be just like the, the one thing that you see. That's actually just the, the tiny straw that's broken their back. That's true. And actually they've got 90 other things that's, that's been going on over yeah. the last five years that they haven't dealt with or that no one's noticed or mm. that haven't been confronted. Uh, and so now all of a sudden you're thinking, oh, okay, let's take the lady with her plants, for example. Mm-hmm. I, obviously I don't know her, so I don't know this. So mm-hmm. I'm making this situation up. Um, but <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> it would be easy for us to go, oh, why should you keep getting upset about losing plants? And then and so you're like, oh, I don't want to get deeper into that uh, she just needs to get over it or whatever yeah. but you go in and and then you find out that she's like been struggling with grief for the last five years yeah. or everything she's ever loved she's loneliness. lost yeah. she's really yeah, loneliness and now all of a sudden because you've entered into that you now mm. have to confront all of that with her and walk that out with her and I think it's just easier for people to say oh we'll be praying for you yeah and then walk away and leave it and I think that's been the church's response to mental health for, for as long as I can remember, until about now, where people have started taking more seriously. Yeah. Um, but I think it is because it is so so tricky. It's so different for every single person. Something that affects you might not affect me, but Absolutely. now we have to walk through that together. Absolutely. Um, and so, yeah. I think people really like you. Just don't know where to start with it. Don't know where yeah. to begin. That's I I told Ramon in one of our talks chats that like when I think about walking through life and through difficulties with other people, it really makes me um, like think about the verse that says that your faith without works is dead because we're always so very quick to, to have faith in our prayer time that God is going to work this out for you. But then it makes me think about our works. Like, what are we doing to help them along this journey? You know, I know that, I know that at the very, I guess, um, the, the foundation of the scripture is not that, you know, it's a lot bigger, like your faith is in God. But, um, but just that our, when I think about our work, so, so many times we think about um, works that, that lead to a result that we want, you mm. know, personally. But um, like what you were saying, like we don't want to enter into that because we don't want to have to walk them through that process of, of grief, or he- grief or healing. Um, but a lot of times we do fail our brothers and sisters in that we're just going to stop at praying for you, you mm. know, and then leave them still in their isolation and leave them still in their, their struggling and loneliness, you know. And that even goes further because oftentimes we don't pray for them. Yeah, we just say we will, right? Mm. Yeah. And if, if we do, it's like once and then it's just over because we don't really care. Like, and I'm not saying we don't care about the person. We just feel like that issue shouldn't be a big issue. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to waste a bunch of time praying on it. It's not that important to me. But it's like you said, it's like. It, it's how selfish we are, right? 
Mm. It's like, I don't know. You're going through this. If you're going through this, then we're going through this. There is no you and me. Mm. Oh, what are you going through? Your your dog is, is your dog got smashed in the street by a city bus. <laughs> like, like, okay, well then, you know, like we're we're in this together. Mm. And you find yourself in peculiar situations, but like that's literally what Jesus was constantly is dealing mm. with people's peculiar situations that he chose to identify with. Didn't ha- like he's perfect. Like, you know, he like like God sends him to identify with us and identify whatever like he that's he's here on purpose you know what I mean so it's not like he's just another whatever and so like so how should we confront situations that we don't necessarily we dive in we dive in and and lock arms with these people and walk with them through you know and there's probably going to be some comical times honestly you know like Mm. of uh but equally, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. Like what I think or what, whatever. What is what, what does the word say? And how can I love my brother or sister through this? Like that's just, I mean, it, it, not easy, but simple. It is very simple, you know. And I, I think, I'm just thinking of like all the missionaries that we've met over the years. This is something that I would. I'm trying to. I, I would say a hundred percent of missionaries that I can think of off the top of my head have struggled with or are struggling with or struggle, you know, with uh, mental health issues. Yeah. I, this is the number one reason for people leaving the field. Um, and my, I mean, the, it, it comes out in other ways, mm-hmm. right? But it's equally like this feeling of um, isolation or feeling inability, inability, inability to connect with people um, or, you know, connect with people around you and stuff like that. Uh, loneliness, you know, like all that type of stuff, grief, if something happened, like, and like you were saying, is like a lot of times it's not the thing that happened that was the straw that break, you know, break mm-hmm. the camel's back or whatever. And like, so there's been a sequence of things that, that have happened to bring the person to that point. But we're just now seeing mm-hmm. the, you know, the results of that. Yeah. And so when sometimes when people like specifically in missions, when they leave the field or when they break, they're like, what? why did that make you mm-hmm. break down? And like again, it goes back to what we were just talking about. But equally, like it's like, oh, okay, well, it rained three days in a row. Why does that break? You know what I mean? Like I can't take the rain anymore. And but the problem is too. I think sometimes that person believes that's what's breaking their back as well. Mm-hmm. And so maybe it starts with just us needing to be real with ourselves. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you know, allow the Holy Spirit to really examine my heart. Mm-hmm. Like search me, reveal to me where I'm not depending on you and the community that you sent me to. Because this goes back to what we talked about last week. This is the need for to be in a biblical, be a part of a church, not, oh, we're here Sunday, every other Sunday, some different place. No, no, no. Be a part of a church community where, and, and, and allow yourself to be transparent and vulnerable so that people can reach you, uh, speak into your life and read you. Because this is just such a long conversation. I'm, I'm trying to like streamline yeah, what I'm trying lot. to say, yeah. but um. But to where they can be there to be able to help you and pick up when something's not okay. Hmm. Because if people don't know you well enough, they're not around you, they don't know something's not okay. They may think you may be quiet today, but they don't really. But that's a part of exposing yourself to people on a consistent basis is because they start to understand who you are and they get to know you as a person. So it's not just for fun, fun, fun. They know your character traits. They know your, you know, your habits and whatever. They pick up on that. And so when something's off, then they're like, oh, wait, this is something is wrong. Mm. 
And now they can, because you see so many people, they're like, well, they feel like no one cares. When you're going through any type of mental health struggle, you feel like you're on an island. You feel like no one cares. And that's the enemy partially too, right? Mm -hmm. Telling you like that you're by yourself. No one understands you or whatever. Um, But equally, like that's where you go to with that is you feel like you're by yourself and no one cares. And then, Mm -hmm. but, and so you're like, no one even checked up on me. Like how many times have we heard this Mm -hmm. going through talking in private talks with people at church after they've gone through something or after they're at rock bottom well, just no one checked up on me. Well, it's like, yeah, there is a part of that. The church needs to be involved in checking up on people, but man, you don't even come around. Like we don't know you. Mm-hmm. So it's not that we don't know you. So we don't check up on you. That's not what I'm trying to say. I'm saying no one even picked up that there was something wrong because you never opened up yourself enough for them to understand who you are and to even be able to realize that something's off. Mm-hmm. And so uh, exposing yourself and really resting in, and embracing the community that Jesus is, or that God has placed us in, uh, regardless whether it's in Bolivia, in the UK, whatever, it doesn't matter. God's people are God's people. And so I, I think that's a big part of that as missionaries is exposing ourselves, uh, not exposing, uh, s- submitting ourselves to the community in that way and confessing our sins one to another. And again, going back to stop trying to be the hero. Yeah. Always trying to come and minister to everybody, looking for stages and microphones. And I don't mean that in an arrogant way, but that's literally what we do. Mm. I'm a missionary. I'm here to minister. Okay. Now, I do, I do want to be a little bit careful because I know this is not your intention. You're not seeing this at all. But I also don't want to make the, the person struggling with mental health the um no, 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 no. Well, I mean, this is, that's why it's a long conversation. Right. I mean, you're not the victim, but you're not also the full person to well, blame for your... And, and, yeah, yeah. And so I'm not even talking about a person. I'm talking about the culture of what it's, what it's created. Is we, it's specifically in missions is we have this culture to where we just, like, we isolate ourselves to an extent. And my point isn't it's your fault you're struggling with mental health. My point is, it's like, man... There's a way to manage it. Yeah, or it's not even just a way to manage it. Like, God has sent provision for that. Like there's you, you're living in provision for that. You have to embrace it because it's terrible to go through stuff. Yeah. Like, and even when you are, when you do have a lot of people around you and people who do care, um, there's still just like this dark cloud that will tell you that you are still alone because nobody understands what yeah. you're going through. And, and so it is very important to stay surrounded by people, even though you don't physically want to be, and you just want everybody to go away because, you know, being honest, that's just how you feel. <laughs> like, yeah. Not because you're ashamed, not because you're embarrassed. It's because I don't want to deal with people right now during this time, you know. But but to understand that this is exactly why God gave us community um, mm. is to, like you said, um, submit yourself to the body of Christ, mm. you know, to, to, to the church. Um, because that's what he's given us this family for, this family of believers for. Partially. Yeah. Because <laughs> mm. I think well, the message for us a lot of times is like, Embrace it. Just embrace it that you have the issue. And I get what people are trying to say, but like, no, we, we say that without saying embrace community. And like, so that's wrong because that's what becomes an identifier. And so when someone, so at that point, now you've identified by this issue. And when you, when someone tries to speak to you, oh, they don't understand. No, there's a doctor and such and such that said this, this isn't like, look, I'm trying to love you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and if I love you, loving you doesn't, and, and no point. Does loving, long term at least, especially when you're in problems, loving never looks like leaving people alone. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, oh, I love you so much that I'm going to leave you alone and let you not grow forever. No, that's not what love does. Now, love is patient. So it's not going to be like, no, we're talking about, there, there are moments for that. 
But it's like, no, 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 we need to sit down and talk. But love definitely is pursuing growth and pursues growth, not just in me, but pursues growth in you. And so that you can grow past this. But biblical love seeks understanding and guidance of the Holy Spirit, too, so that we are sensitive to the right times and whatever. But again, this is only achieved through being a part of community. You cannot show up. You cannot have gone to a place and all you've said is that when people say, how are you? Good. I'm fine. I'm good. I'm fine. I'm good. Praise the Lord. I'm good. I'm fine. I'm blessed. You say that for five years and now all of a sudden you think you think that when you're going through a, a legit mental struggle, now you're going to come and just open yourself up. There's a possibility, but it's not realistic. Mm-hmm. So we're not firemen. We don't just call when there's an issue. We expose ourselves in the, to community in good times, build that trust and relationship so that it's so fluid and natural. When we're struggling with something, we say, hey, guys, I really need you to pray with me. And man, I tell people what you need from them, too. It's mm-hmm. like hey, I want, I need you to really be this for me right now. Yeah. Now, I think that's, go, go I, sorry. I think that's really important. And, and I never thought to just tell people what you need. You know, you, you always want people to pick up on what you need, but just, right. just communicate. This is what I need. Um, because there are, there are a lot of times um, when I feel, and a lot, possibly a lot of Christians feel that, we go to the church and we go take them, take our need to them. And it's just, you just leave feeling like, man, I exposed myself and it was for no reason. I feel betra- not betrayed, but let down. Like mm-hmm. I'm not, I wasn't encouraged. They prayed for me, but like, then they moved on almost like the conversation we had in when we, you talked about a small group. That's exactly when where, the black, yeah, that's uh, where I was going. Nika, mm-hmm. you go no, 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 no. I was oh. just going th- that direction. Oh, like when, when we talked about how, you know, uh, black people are part of a majority white church or, um, and then they try to try to open up about their feelings of being black and, and their experiences in the church and, and just in life in general. And it's just like, okay, we'll pray for you. And you mm-hmm. just like, I didn't get what I needed from, from you. And I don't know, maybe that's cause we don't know what we need sometimes, but yeah, I feel like sometimes. a lot of times we do know what we need. I need you to check up on me, <laughs> you know, once Something. a week, just say hi. Well, How but, am I doing? I but, don't know. But and now that, that's what, so that's what I was going to say is I want to talk, talk about the, the person first, but then go to the deeper issue of well, not deeper issues equally wrong because one feeds the other of churches being dismissive yeah. of this stuff, being dismissive of the everybody's dismissive until they're going through it. But the issue is, is I don't know if it's pride or arrogance or whatever. We I dismiss your issues, your issues, his issues and whoever else's is. Ah, you just need to get over it. But then I go through something. And I'll just like cuddle into a, either the extreme is I want everybody to give me attention, attention, attention. Well, you guys are going to be like, which is wrong, but understandable at the same time. You're not going to help me because you're like, oh, this guy, you weren't there for me. Hmm. Like, oh, you'll be fine. Get over it. Remember, you know, or on the other side of it, I, I, I thought this was such a phony thing for so long that I'm in denial of it myself. Mm-hmm. And so that leads to me, you know, just like basically hiding it or thinking that I can just will my willpower or willpower. faith myself over, which mm-hmm. will, it, in that context of faith, it's the same thing as willpower. It's not faith in Jesus. That's faith in me. Mm-hmm. We can say we're faithing our way through. That's, that's faith in self and your own ability to overcome it. And it ends in failure every time, whether it's in 10 days, 10 hours, 10 years, or it's going to end in failure one way or the other. And so we don't have a culture that is, uh, in most church cultures, we don't have the place, a safe, a, I don't mean safe where you can live in your sins, but a safe place to where I can come and say, hey, I'm really struggling mentally. Mm-hmm. And somebody can be like, 
Hey, I don't, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't, I don't relate to that, but it doesn't matter because I'm here with you. I'm your brother in Christ. Let's pray. God, I don't know. I, I, we don't even know what to say, but we know who you are mm-hmm. and we know that and consistently do not like, yeah, amen. One and done. Have yeah. a good day. Let me know how it goes. Like, no, no, no. Like the, it, it's pursuit. It's a consistent pursuit and it's pursuing one another. That's what the community is or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think um, in times like this, I mean, it's, again, it should be all the time. But in times like this, we, sometimes we realize that it's too, it's too not, it's not too late, but it is too late for like, oh, now we want to start. You know what I mean? Like we, we don't realize how important community is until we need it so bad. Until it's all that we, the only thing that we could possibly have to lean on. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's not too late at that point, but it's hard. To build it because when you're going through these issues, you're not completely in your right mind. Like you're not thinking all the way logically. You're affected by emotions or, you know, whatever, whatever it is that you have. And so that's not the ideal time to build a relationship, you know what I mean, with people because it, the signals are going to be weird and mixed and no one's going to understand. And it's good. But the relationship is supposed to be built already. So now when you're going through this tough, tough time, it's like, it, again, it's fluid through, through that, you know. And this is not. I'm not giving the answer, but I'm like, this is a biblical way to confront these issues that everybody deals with and struggles with, you know, and like equally, it, this is re- like, this is real stuff. Like, this is stuff that people like, I know there's a lot of Christians that think like, it's just made up or whatever, but equally, most of those people are ones that when something bad happens, they're just crushed and broken and mm-hmm. suicidal or want to give up on their faith and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But why do you think you feel like that? Because... <laughs> You, it's a, there's a mental health. Mental health is a real is a real issue. It's a real thing that needs to be confronted and confronted a biblical, a biblical, biblical way, and, and and through and through community. You know. Yeah, I know. Um, like when um, when my father passed away, I found it at the same time, right? <laughs> when people were saying they wanted to come by, you know, and and. and give their condolences Mm -hmm. I was super annoyed I don't want to see anybody right now but it meant so much to me to have people just sit there in their silence they didn't Mm -hmm. know what to say didn't try to you know make me laugh and try to cheer me up or fix things for me they just let me sit on the couch and stare at the wall if that's what I wanted to do at the moment or or they will come and pray with me and just chat and share about times when they've lost loved ones Mm -hmm. you know not not to encourage me but to to let me know that they they know what i'm going you know they know the pain that i'm going through um and so even though at the time we feel like we don't want community because i don't know being alone in your pain is not comforting at all so i don't know it's like this weird psychological thing that Mm. that convinces you that being alone cuddled up in the bed in the dark under the blankets is better than sitting down with people who mm-hmm. love you and care mm-hmm. for you. Like, even saying that out loud, it makes no sense. Yeah. But, um, but it's almost like we want to protect and hide this shameful, shameful moment of weakness. Like, mm. Almost like it's a character flaw. When, trying like, to get over it, I guess. Yeah, like, trying to get over it, yeah. Which is something that... Because, like, death is a special one. Like, it's not death within and of itself, but it's the, what, what that causes, the wave of reactions and emotions that that can cause. Mm. It's like, because death is not something that we are designed to deal with. Adam and Eve weren't like, God wasn't like, all right, guys, you got about 100 years. Enjoy it. Like, it wasn't what the idea. Death is a result of sin. And so we were not designed and built to deal with death. Mm. And so when that comes, it makes us like we can't deal with it. We, do, we, can't, 
one way or the other. Now, there's there's some cases when we've gotten callous to it, uh, like when older people pass away. It's not that it's not sad. It's just that we start expecting, yeah. which just shows how fallen this world is, is when we start expecting death. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's something that was never. Anyways, um, but e- even that sometimes, it's just it's just hard, you know, and it, it plays with, it's just, it's crazy how how deep that can affect you and stuff. When my, it wasn't even death for me. When I, like my biggest and deepest struggle with this stuff was like, it culminated in death when my brother passed away. When he was, when he was diagnosed with leukemia, like he was sick for 10 months, like getting treatment, whatever, all that. Like that whole time I was like, just slowly becoming jacked up is what we say. Like, like just like really drifting. Is, I guess is the best word. Drifting mentally. The issue is, for me at least, I hadn't, to my knowledge, I hadn't really had any mental health challenges or moments in my life. I was raised well. You know, I was, we were poor at times, but I didn't even know it. You know what I mean? Because my parents, like, there wasn't my, my parents never exposed me to, they were never like, hey, we don't have a lot of money. Like, they never, that was never a thing. So I just was living life, you know? Yeah. So, like, I didn't have those stressors or whatever, which I'm, you know, blessed and privileged to have grown up like that. And so, you know, I'd gone through different stuff. My grandfather passed away. My cousin passed away. Like, so the, the, I had experienced death before. But to watch the suffering and to be so far away, because we lived overseas, of someone so close to me that I spoke to every day, it just started shattering me. And so I slowly started drifting. But you don't know. That's the thing about drifting. There's driving and there's drifting. Mm. Drifting, you don't, you don't, like, drifting is a, a boat term when you're in the sea and whatever, and, and it takes your boat. The thing is, because your motor's not on, you don't feel like you're moving. Yeah. And next thing you know, you look up and you're like, what? how did I get to Hawaii? I was in L.A. You know what I mean? Like, how did I get to, like, this is crazy. Like, so for me, it was like this slow drifting of a, and I didn't, again, I, ne- I didn't know, and this is a hard thing too, I didn't know what mental health, like, I, I, that doesn't happen to me. Yeah. That's just crazy people. Like, I know this is not true, but that's legit how I, like, I, I didn't know. I was just ignorant about any of it. And so for me, I'm tough. I have faith, whatever. Let me just live on with my life, you know. And next thing you know, like, I looked, like, I started getting sick. And, like, and then, like, do my brain, like, I was talking to my friend about this the other day because he, he was going through some stuff and we were talking, I was sharing with him. And me and you have been talking about it more lately. I didn't talk about it for four or five years. I mean, until really, really recently. Because mm. I got I even looking back, I'm just now getting a grip on what was happening. You know what I mean? And like, so I drifted so, so much that, and I was just so, it just did a number on me mentally. So much so that it was causing physical symptoms. And then that was just worse. Cause like now I'm feeling this weird mm-hmm. stuff. My legs are tingling. What, and I'm convinced like he's sick. So I'm probably sick. Like it, it know how ridiculous that sounds. It doesn't even <laughs> scientifically doesn't make sense. But like that's where my like th- this is the issue. That's where my mind was. No, I remember he legit thought he was sick because he we were in the Dominican Republic at the time, and he had flown back to the United States to get so tests two, on two separate occasions. Yeah, I believe he, he was tested for everything. Kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I was dude. I was like I, I was legit feeling this stuff, and there was like you just couldn't convince me. It wasn't because so, me they they were like well it may be because like the the doctor was great like and she was like. Uh, she, she never was like, well, maybe in your head. She never said anything like that. Mm-hmm. She's like, hey, I want you to talk to somebody after they ran some tests and stuff. And she's like, you just always seem nervous. 
And I wasn't nervous. I was anxious. Now, again, now I know. And so she's like, I mean, she's like, are you doing all right today? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm like, in my mind, I'm normal today. Mm. And she's like, well, what's been going on with you? And this is just the doctor. Like, and I'm like, oh, you know, just life stuff. Blah, blah, blah. Again, I, I guess I'm just trying to brush it off. And then she's like, oh, you're going through a lot. I was like, ah, tough guy, right? Like, I'm a man of faith. Like, it's not a lot. Nothing's too big for my God. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, just, I, I didn't say that or think that, but apparently that's what I believed because that's the way I was operating from a position that, as if that was the reality of my life. And she's like, hey, I want you to talk. Would you be open to talking to somebody? I'm like, we talking right now. <laughs> like, what you mean? Like, <laughs> my mom's outside. Like, I can talk. Like, she's like, oh, we have a, you know, and she didn't want to say, uh, I can't, I always get them confused, psychologist, psychiatrist, whatever you saw, one. You saw a psychologist. Which one can prescribe medicine? Oh, psychiatrist. Yeah. Oh, that's what you saw? Yeah. Okay. And so um, I was like, uh, I guess. And I'm thinking like, and I, you know, I'm not dumb. So I'm starting to pick up like, does she think that this is in my mind? Like, no, nah, this is not. And so I talked to the lady and we talked, we did like two sessions. We're talking. And she's looking, and she started, you know, to write and stuff. And I'm just like, "What you write now?" Yeah, yeah. I'm looking like, wait, that's not. I ain't say that. No, no, no. Don't try to put that on me. That ain't no diagnose. Like, no, no. Like, cause mental health is like, uh, like it mean, it's almost like a, a, a scarlet letter mm-hmm. in, in your mind. The way that we view it means you lack faith. It means that you're weak, and it means that that's the way that we view it, which is all wrong. And so, into all these sessions, she she's like you're really dealing with some deep, deep anxiety issues. She says, I would really recommend that you get on medication. I said, no, nah, I don't need medication for this. Like, you know, I'm still um, in denial about this stuff, you know. I'm like, just run the test and tell me what's wrong because I feel mm-hmm. like this. And she doesn't say, like, you're imagining it. imagining it. She actually said the opposite. She's like, you're not imagining what's going on. She's like, but what happens is sometimes when your brain, like, it's so powerful that it, 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 your mental state affects your physical health, like, mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. And she's like, so, yes, there, you, you do have health issues that are, you feel this, you do feel that. That's not, it's not your brain is sending the wrong signal. That's legit, you're feeling that, and it's happening. But why is it happening? Is because, and that, honestly, her explana- explanation helped a little bit. And I was like, well, you know, went through all this stuff, and I'm trying to, I make, this is, I'm, this is a long story, and I, believe it or not, I'm making it very short. Um, I, I didn't want medicine. I didn't want any of that. She's like, you know, uh, depression. Depression. She's like, you're you're actually uh, pretty depressed as well. I would I would say. And she's like, I assume you don't want. If you don't want for anxiety, you definitely don't want medicine for depression. I'm like, nope, I do not want that. And she's like, well, you, you know, uh, maybe you could seek some type of help and counseling and whatever. And like, it didn't bother me. But that just was like not a thing that I. Why would, I'm not dealing with that. This is just that you know, it's just life is rough. Mm-hmm. Just gonna deal with it. And just time went on, man, and, like, things got worse for me uh, and worse and worse. And then my brother passed away, and it was, like, like it was it, – that was just it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that that turned I, – I, I, right before that, maybe a month before that, I lost it. And not, like, looking at, like, I like ducks. What's that – like, it wasn't, like, you know what I mean? Like, give me a helmet because I'm going to jump off. So it wasn't like that. I just – the problem wasn't that I lost it. The problem was that I lost it and didn't realize that I lost it. And not even just didn't realize it, would not accept that I lost it. Because I felt, I mean, in my mind, I was thinking straight. But there was so much going on. There were so many decisions I was making in life that were, like, now I'm like, yo, like, what were you, 
that's a dumb, it's a terrible decision. Like, it, it's, it shows me now that my, my mind was not on the right track. Mm. And like, but in that time, we went to the church we went to in the Dominican Republic. Man, they were so loving and patient. Our friends that lived downstairs, the Gostons, um, loving and patient and just speaking into my life, equally seeing, like, for them specifically, they, like him, because like me and him were like, we were close, we, you know, we hung out every day, we lived downstairs, we did everything together, what I helped, they helped us out of time. Now looking back, I can see by the questions he would ask me, I could see that he saw that there's something wrong. Obviously, he knew about my brother, so it's not like, oh, somebody's sick in your... Like, he knew that. Mm. But he knew he realized that there's something off mentally with him, and not as an insulting type way. But, like, so he would ask me these questions that would borderline confuse me because I could logically answer the question but equally compare that to what I'm doing or what I'm operating. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> like, you know... But it didn't, I didn't accept it for until we moved back to Bolivia, which was... That's a whole thing within and of itself of like the reason we came back. It, anyways, just not. It, yeah. God used it still, but just not thinking straight, crazy. And another time we'll get into all those things, whatever. God's faithfulness, even in hard times. And I guess that's the for me, that was the big takeaway from it is like, man, God is faithful even in hard through all that time. But it was through like a slow process of recognizing, accepting and talking to people talking about it, talking to Rudy for hours on end. Talking to, and it's not, it's not not talking to Melinda, but it's different. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like confessing these different, and the more I confess, the more I realize like, oh, there's something wrong. You know what I mean? And like on and on and on. And this slow process of like um, accepting that there is an issue and making myself vulnerable and transparent to the people around me in Christ, not just random people, but to people around me in Christ, but equally to God. Because I'm recognizing that, then it opens me up to like, okay, God, like, do your work in me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Instead of operating at the regular level and just slowly through that, bro, like, restore me back. And for me, like, I just got, like, mentally healthy, like, moving to Trinidad. Hmm. Like, that was like, and there's stressors in life and stuff like that. But, like, I was like, man, like, I said all that to say... <laughs> First, like, that's my experience, and I think a lot of people probably don't know that. Yeah. But like, I don't know if you knew that, like, all, like, the stuff or whatever. But it's very important because stuff happens, and if we don't... See, and this is where I go back to the beginning part of, like, something happens, and you immediately you can't be like, oh, I'm anxious to depressed, you know, because it's not necessarily what's... <laughs> I don't know why I did all this motion. <laughs> it's dramatic, but like, yeah. <laughs> but, like, you know, that's not necessarily what's going to happen all the time, but definitely being awake to... Uh, or. Uh, open to the idea that something can go wrong with you like that. Mm. And like, again, being in the practice of being, uh, of, of being vulnerable to the people around you before something like that happens. So you don't get into this weird thing. You feel like this weird uh, cycle. Because that was my thing. It was like a cycle. Like, and that's what they, they told me. Because the doctor came in after and talked back to the psychiatrist and were like, like, hey, this is a cycle. And so it's really hard to break. Like, I want to be straight up with you. It's like, it's really hard to break because you're having the anxiety issues that are causing physical issues. The physical issues cause more anxiety issues. When we tell you that there's nothing physically wrong or nothing we can do, that causes more. And then you have anything that happens in life contributes. It's like, it's really hard to get off this cycle. She's like, that's why we're recommending medi like, medication and stuff. And I was like, nah, bro, I ain't. Like, I'm not taking medication because I'm not crazy, right? Like, that's what that was my, <laughs> that was my reasoning in myself and, and really denial and stuff. But I think had I been 
more open to having more people in my life and talking and confessing intentionally to more people and stop like just I I am a leader. That's just in, in life. I am a leader. I'm literally I'm a leader at our church. I'm a leader in whatever in the community, whatever. And I think my tendency, at least, and I think a lot of people's tendency is we identify ourselves by only that. And so I got to lead. I got to lead. I got to lead. I'm this, I'm this, I'm this. Well, but if I'm leading by example, how is it going to, you know, how does that work with me confessing and whatever? No, 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 no. Like really identify, like understand your position and understand, yeah, understand your position in life, but understand your little position too. It's like you are a person just like everybody else and you are a person who needs community. You're a person who, uh, you know, God has placed you, placed people around you for this very reason, very purpose to be able to like help you and lift you up in this, you know? And um, I think our church was great during this time. It was me that wasn't as open and wasn't like, and it's hard to pursue something you don't know is there, you know? Yeah. I think also another key thing, like, yeah, God gave us this community, you know, to help us um, through, through, through difficult times, no doubt. But like one thing I found specifically really helpful for me um, was that in times when I even feel like community is not helping me or when I don't want to be around people is to like quiet my thoughts and like quiet my mind and just sit in and worship. Like it sounds really spiritual and I'm not a super duper, you know, like this will solve all my issues kind of thing, but just full surrender to God um, in a quiet space. Um, I mean, physically scientifically it's proven when you slow your mind mm -hmm. down <laughs> well that's what meditation is right like that's what yeah. people yeah yeah so that's why i say safe deep breaths if you're angry count to 10 um you slow down your your thoughts then you calm down it has a physical effect on on your body you know um but that's what i found in worship is just like surrendering my doubts my struggles my fears um, which is really hard because a lot of times I feel like I do this in this moment and I and then I feel peace, but then I walk away and I'm like, okay, I need that again. <laughs> pick, it, pick it back up. Yeah, yeah, come like, again. Never mind. Like leave <laughs> leave your worries at the door, but what they don't put is like don't pick them up again yeah. on your way out. You know <laughs> exactly. what I mean? I'm like, oh, that was a good moment that I needed this week, and I was like, let me go back to my the usual, you know. Um, but but I found that 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 just um, that is something that we forget to to be intentional about it's like we say oh you don't have faith to do this and you don't have faith that god is going to work god is going to move that's why you're stressed out but that we all actually don't take the time to just say god i'm hurting i don't know what to do and help me you know be you know that he is he is everything you need right he you were nothing without him so he's our essence right <laughs> i got that from show i was watching with jolie essence <laughs> It was, never mind. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, are you as lost as I am? Yeah. All right. Um, in him, we live, we move, and we have our being, right? And so we oftentimes forget that, God, you have everything that I need. And so we forget to go to our source, even though we say, I need you, God, in this very moment, you know. Um, but, but like, uh, we can't just do community and forget to seek God for what we need from him because he is peace, right? But also we can't just isolate ourselves and seek God and seek peace without seeking the family and community that he's provided for us mm -hmm. to get through this, you know? So I think they go hand in hand and it's 
it's what the enemy uses to to keep us depressed and unhealthy and dependent on medicine or dependent on ourselves is um, to isolate us and that isolation leads to loneliness and that loneliness leads to like deception thinking that God has left us also you know and so it's like where are you God you don't you must not exist and then now you yeah. lose your faith and and who God really is because um because you allowed <laughs> you di- you didn't do both of the things mm. that God has given us you know he's yeah. given us faith it says that we can ask him you know yeah and then um he's given us community so we just need to remember not forget that that we have everything that we need yeah and, and I mean, and no one is saying that it's an easy process no. or a short process, mm-hmm. I think. But just really leaning into these like these people that are around you. I think that that's just a, and I'm not my, just to be clear, I'm not saying that solves all the issues. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is you, you, you don't have to be alone. Yeah. And I think going back, to obviously, in missions, I think that's the big thing. So a lot of times we think we're alone and then we, we create this stature of of what we do to where the only person only people that are going to understand me are missionaries because no one else has moved over and we're just creating a layer of to isolate ourselves and just basically looking for a way to excuse it because honestly in most of the situations you go through in your life most of the people around you don't understand what you're going through but what they do understand is they, and this is what's important to be around the believers, is they have faith in Jesus. And they know that even though I don't identify with it, we, Jesus identifies with it. Mm-hmm. And so let's seek him together. Let me, let me love you even if I don't understand it. Let me, let's seek him together in this. Let me, how can I uh, advocate for you, speak up for you, pray with, with you is a big thing as well. Not just for you from my house, but pray with you, checking up on you. Like just let me be present for you and with you through this time. And well, what if this time is six years? Well, then I will be present with you for six years. I mean, obviously beyond that, but specifically in the situation, you know, um, I, I think that's a big deal. And there's there's two sides to that. And that's why I was saying earlier, there's two sides to it. One is individual, not responsibility, but like, yeah, embrace the community. But I'm not and I'm not talking about the person who's dealing with mental health issues. I'm talking about everybody, because when you do deal with these issues, it was not a big deal to confess that you're dealing with these, not even confessing sin. Sometimes it is, but just confessing that you're struggling with stuff, you know? Um, but on the other side, like pastors, leaders, elders, churches in general, uh, be very intentional about creating an environment to where we don't laugh and mock people for going through stuff or for responding to stuff the way that we wouldn't have responded to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, while equally having expectations for people, you know what I mean? Like to not overvalue um, material things or whatever. But e- equally, if it does crush them to not just turn the off switch off, but walk with them through that so that they can kind of uh, grow past, you know, being so crushed by, you know, I literally spilled my milk. I can say, don't cry over spilled milk. Or I can be like, man, he's really hurt by that. We, this is like you were saying, we, need to, we have to dig in and get dirty. All right, let me walk him through, pray him through, which seems, seems babyish and weird, over his hurt, over literally spilled milk. But equally, that should alarm us as leaders to the need for discipleship in this, to like, okay, this is, this is not something that should be devastating to mm-hmm. us. You know, Really, nothing should be devastating to us, which is the whole point of suffering, 
we, you know, we faith through suffering, we grow, grow, grow so that really there's nothing that can. And that's the idea of it. That's why God allows suffering is because it grows our um, dependency on him and mm-hmm. through, you know, through hard times. And then it, it gets to the point to where nothing can nothing can nothing can shake us. Yeah, we can be hurt and cry, but nothing can shake us. And so just understanding that if like, man, he spilled a little bit of milk on the floor, if he's crushed by that. Yes, he should not be crushed by that, but equally he is crushed by that. Mm. So let me be present with him through this and let's like let me wake let me wake up to the need for discipleship and growth in his life and let me commit to that for him. It's a long process. It's not a quick. Let me pray for you quick, real quick, brother. Mm-hmm. It's not that. And so, yeah, I don't know. It's a very tough very tough thing. And I mean, I don't think we're not trying to give solutions here. Yeah. Um I mean, I guess a little bit, but not, you know, we're not trying to, it's not an, an answer, mm. but equally there's something, I guess this is what I'm trying to say. There's something that we should be doing that we are not doing. Yes. Us as, us as a group or as a church for people who are struggling with this stuff in secret and we don't even know, which already reveals that there's an issue, but equally for the person who belongs to a church, loves the church, you know, as part equally like, um, like make being around long enough for people to see who you are and pick up on your, on your whatever, you know? So I don't know. That's my, yeah, I know that, um, I have family members who, who have struggled with mental health and, and like actually diagnosed, you know, by, by doctors and are supposed to be consistently seeing, seeking help for it, um, within the clinical you know, aspect. Not yeah. they don't recommend church. Not that I don't. Know. Just go sing. Yeah, <laughs> go sing. Yeah. Lift your hands. Just but. lift your hands. Give it all to Jesus. <laughs> Which you know, there's a part of that, but equally, like that's not now. Any point does Jesus send someone to the tabernacle to sing to overcome their sickness? Right, but but um, one of the things that hurts me is to to love. When you love the person going through something, it equally it hurts you, you know. Um, and so when I when I saw my mom going through, you know, just some mental health issues, and she's very open about it, um, and tried to be with this group of women that she has for many years um, sought community with, you know, um, just kind of push her away. It's like you're still struggling with that. Mm-hmm. Like we can't do anything for you. Like and basically just abandoned her, like left her to herself because they got tired of my mom not having enough faith to get through her, her mental health issues. And it frustrated me because I'm just like, my mom feels like those years were just a waste. You don't really love her. You don't really care for her. Mm -hmm. And based on your actions is she's true. You know, you don't really love her. You don't really care for her. So then, so then my question is, what was your motivator for, for going through this, the few steps that you did take with her to, I don't know, maybe you felt it was your obligation as or duty as a good Christian to pray for her a couple times, but then you get frustrated. So it's like, then your faith is not in God. If you're frustrated that my mom isn't further yeah. along in her walk in, in this process, you know? And so, so I don't know, we got to be careful to not, not make people feel isolated and like it's hopeless for them, yeah. you know, especially in the church, especially when they're seeking, they're writing you, they're messaging you, they're asking for help. We can say, well, it's your fault because you didn't ask for help. But then when people reach out to us, we can't roll our eyes and be like, oh, they always need help. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
be yeah. careful. It's, yeah, we, we need reform in that area. I mean, there's a lot of areas in, in the modern church that we need, or Western church, I'll say that, mm. that we need reform in. Um, and, and that's one of them, right? It's just uh, committing to people. That's really what it comes down to is committing to people. Mm. And it's frustrating because people will mess up and they, yeah, they mm. will deal with the same thing over and over. And it's like, yeah. But, like committing to walking with them. Because like some people use the excuse like, well, Jesus said, shake the dust off your feet. Whatever. Well, no, he's talking about people that reject you. Well, you reject my advice. Well, he's talking about his message. He's not, you <laughs> know what I mean? He's not talking about your message. Mm-hmm. Like there's a different thing. And like, because you see uh, Peter messing up, messing up, messing up. All the disciples are just messing up constantly. And, you know, three and a half years later or whatever, Jesus is still there, you know, to them. And we mess up it's essentially the same way the disciples. And so generations and generations later he's still there committing to us and pursuing us and so for people that that do um do have a desire to live for jesus and a desire to grow in their faith like we don't give up on on them just because they don't grow at the rate that we because their growth isn't really important to us at that point what's important is that we don't have to deal with it anymore Mm. so Mm. we're happy as long as somebody else is dealing with it as long as we gotta you know whatever but that is, again, it contributes to this weird environment of where people, everybody, every man for himself. We sing together, worship together, laugh together, but we don't cry together. Mm-hmm. We um, like re, like re, when we cry together. I don't mean oh we're all crying about the same thing. What I mean is this person's hurt, so I'm hurt. I'm adopting their issues and whatever. And because of this, we see a lot of ministers. And me and Simon talk a lot off air about this. It's like um, different ministers and stuff, like just break having breakdowns and suffering and like. That's not okay. Like, that should not be happening. But it's because of the, this toxic environment that we've created in churches and stuff, you know. Mm. And so everybody's blessed. Everybody's highly favored. Everybody's claiming healing, and they're, and they're literally dying mentally or physically or whatever. Like, confront the issue, you know. And it's not just, well, I claimed it. I said, I declared. Well, you don't make declarations. That's not, you declare what God has said already. That's not, but that's not your declaration. That's him. So you don't make those decisions. It's your job to trust in him. And that's a scary place because you lose control and you're giving him control. You know, you trust in him and trust in what he's uh, what he's put in your life and the people that are there. It's a, it's a tough thing to do, but it requires faith. Ironically, yeah, faith isn't just telling God what to do, trying to force. God. It's, it, no, it's not. It's not telling God what to do at all. Like yeah. trying to tell him when he's going to do what he's going to do it. And because you want it and you see what's best, but your your sight is limited. So you don't understand you know, how he's working for the greater good through something so terrible and long-term. And so like really requires trust and faith in him to, uh, to like, you know, to, to patiently walk with people through these things. Yes, definitely pray for healing and restoration every day and immediately even like we want it, but when it doesn't happen, we don't give up or accuse a person or, or guilt ourselves into thinking we don't have any faith, you know. It's just a tough, a tough thing, and it's really eating a lot of people. I've just I have so many ministers and missionaries and pastors with so much potential that their careers have been ended by stuff like this. Pastors mm-hmm. that have committed suicide the past year, well-known pastors, like mm-hmm. you know, well-off, well-known, popular authors and whatever, have have killed themselves. Um, so it's a very serious, you know, thing that that needs to be changed. Like yeah. there needs to be not changed; it needs to be addressed. Like why can we? N- why can we not, why can we confess anything else? Why, why can people confess about their pornography addiction, but they can't, and, and they confess about all these other sins, but you can't say, I'm struggling mentally with something. 
And now, like you said, you kind of no. I don't think anymore. People aren't going to write you off. Like ten years ago, you would just get they would like even rebuked in some circles. Mm-hmm. But like now, it's like oh, we'll pray for you or praying hands emojis in a mess, you know, in a text message or whatever. It's just not okay. So we got to change that. All right. Well, I guess that's yeah. the end. <laughs> I don't know. I think this is probably a conversation that'll come up again at some point. It's a um, Especially listening back to you, be like, oh, I thought I said, or I should have said, I wish I said, or, you know, this or whatever. But this is something super important, um, super important. So I don't know. I think I imagine at some point we'll come back to it or it'll probably come up again next week. I don't even know what next week's topic is, but I'm sure it'll pop in somehow because of me. Yeah, it's me. <laughs> um, yes. But anyways, thank you guys for listening. We've gone. It's been longer than usual today, but I feel like it's a good conversation, a necessary one. Um, anything to add? No. Nope. All right. Well, thank you for watching. We will catch you next time. Uh, We love you. Appreciate you. Provecho.